I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. If you are a person with a lot of life experience or knowledge to share, chances are at some point you have heard these words, you should write. A book. As a matter of fact, it's a pretty common suggestion. We're often told that everyone has a book in them. But what do you do if you're not sure it's something you want to do or really feel ready for? Well, if that's you, I believe that you're listening today by divine design. Because today on the show, I'm honored to have with me Carrie Green, who had to navigate this exact same terrain. So Carrie's going to help us figure out if writing a book is for us, and how to get started if it is. We'll also explore some of the basics of writing and publishing a book as a Christian, how to use your stories to bring glory to God. So if you're feeling that you might be called to share your story with the world, this is the episode for you. Enjoy. Carrie, welcome to Publishing Secrets. We've been having a great time talking about your journey uh, in ministry, in business, with your books. So many amazing adventures that God has had you on, and he's not done. No. (laughs) So uh, I'm excited about the opportunity to talk with you today and have our audience learn from your experience. So thank you for making time to be here with us today. Well, thank you, Tam. It's already been a delightful conversation just off the record. So I appreciate uh, the opportunity you've given. And I also just hope I can be a benefit to people who aren't as far down the road as I've been, because it's always good to have someone in your corner who can help you uh, keep your your spirits up and your your focus clear. Absolutely. And and that's one of the reasons. So I'll just quickly bring the audience up to speed. You know, I was doing some research for some of our clients and happened to stumble across, but we all know that God is intentional in all that he does, but stumbled yeah. across Carrie and his podcast, The Morning Mindset, and was really impressed by it. And then realized that he had all of these books and all of these things that God has allowed him to do to impact people's lives. And so I just believe that as you listen to this episode today, you're going to not only learn from Carrie's experience, but prayerfully you'll be inspired that God can get you exactly where he wants you to be. Sometimes things don't seem like they're working out, but it is true that God works things together for our good. So Carrie, we were talking about the fact that, hey, you know, I was curious, did you always see yourself here? And your answer was absolutely not. So let's do this. Let's start at the beginning. Where did this journey as an author and this desire to write, where did all that start for you? Yeah, well, when I was in high school and junior high, I did a little bit of journaling, a little bit of poetry, you know, and just playing with things, trying to figure things out. And I realized that I had a desire 
to express myself in writing, but I wasn't really any good at it. I just knew that it was going to take a lot of time to get that developed and wasn't even sure it's something I should be doing. At the same time, in English class and literature class, I hated grammar. I hated sentence diagramming. I hated all those things that really are fundamental to good writing. And so it just didn't seem to be something that was on my radar. Well, fast forward to the point at which I become a pastor and I'm beginning to realize there's uses for those skills in developing curriculum and in putting together trainings and, and Sunday school lessons and things like that, that many of those things are really what my first published works were. They were spiritual growth notebook that I created. That's really a discipleship curriculum. There's a, an elder training manual that I put together to really meet a need we had in our own church to train men to be elders in the church. So they were more practical resources first off. Now, about that same time, I'm telling stories to my kids as we're driving in the car back and forth to church and other places. And they're about this kid uh, who grows up to be a dragon slayer. And, you know, we're not talking about magical talking dragons. We're talking about the beasts that would really exist if, if dragons existed. And so, you know, he's like defending the land from these dragons and this sort of thing. And they were on a little kid level at that time. And as the years went on, my kids were encouraging me you should write these down. You should put these somewhere. And, you know, they're envisioning kid books. Well, as I got to writing them, they quickly turned into something beyond kid books. They, they deal with real life issues because my goal in writing the books is if I'm going to write these, I want to help people think through the issues that make up life from a biblical perspective and, and honestly address the challenges that we face. So the series of three books that I wrote uh, in the end have all kinds of issues in them. Grief, uh, miscarriage, post-traumatic stress syndrome, uh, loss of a friend. I mean, all kinds of issues that we face on a daily basis happen in the lives of these characters and, and the realm and role of faith in how to handle those things is front and center. Wow. And so, so my journey toward an author never was one that was intentional until it just became obvious that my kid's encouragement was something I should try my hand at. And, you know, I've just learned as I've gone. You know, you just said something that really stood out to me. You said it became obvious. I think some people struggle with, you know, they may have people in their corner, could be their kids, could be a mom, could be a friend. It's like, hey, you really, you should do something with this. You know, I, I think that there's something there. What, what for you helped provide some of that confirmation that this is something that I should explore? Because it would have been easy to brush it off and say, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I think that it was my kids' encouragement, my wife's encouragement along with them to pursue the writing. That was the first step. I think as I started trying my hand at it, I enjoyed it. And I found there's something about crafting a sentence and trying to describe a scene and, and even more so trying to integrate what we experience and feel as human beings into a story that's compelling and entertaining, but at the same time, teaching the values that scripture reveals for us to apply in our lives. And so all of that together was like a challenge I wanted to step into and see if I could actually do it. As I got into it more, uh, I realized you can self-publish stuff like this. Uh, you know, the, the hurdles to getting something actually out there for people to enjoy weren't as big as I imagined. And so I realized, yeah, I think, I think this is something I'm supposed to do. And so, you know, devoting time every morning to write a little bit and to put uh, outlines together and develop characters and all of that. And, and with YouTube, you know, I, I'm able to learn from people who've done it before 
how to develop characters, how to craft a world, how to create uh, scenes, you know, and, and avoid passive tense language, you know, all that stuff that goes into good writing. And just through the process of doing it in self-education, it just became obvious. Yeah. You, you have skills that could be used in this way, so you should pursue it. You know, one thing that just came to my mind too, you know, thinking about your initial journey as an author was more from that uh, teaching, you know, wanting to equip disciple and, and you're still using those skills in your fiction writing. It's just in a different way. So, you know, outside looking in, it's almost like that was part of the training ground to help you to be able to be successful. Certainly there were things that you had to learn. You had to learn, you know, character development, all of that, but the, the history that you had teaching and sharing um, and equipping people also played a big role in your fiction. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are a number of scenarios or situations in my books that come directly from experiences I've had alongside people who have experienced those things. Um, people I know who have had miscarriages, people who I know who have have lost someone very close to them. And, you know, even my own experience in those realms has enabled me to write about it with some sense of reality that this is not just somebody pontificating. This is someone who's been there or knows what it's like to be there. And I think that's important for an audience to feel that about the author, because especially when you're teaching truths and principles for how we should live life, there needs to be a level of trust there that this person is not just pontificating. They're telling me from their own experience what they've learned. And so behind the character's story is really my story and how I've learned to integrate faith into my own life and encourage others to do the same. So I appreciate the question. I think that's that's very much where it comes from. My my primary gifts, I think the Lord's given me are in the realm of teaching. And so I see how that integrates into even fiction writing. And it's it's something I, I probably wouldn't write fiction if I couldn't teach as I did so. <laughs> well, I think it's just an interesting topic, right? Because typically when I have conversations with clients about fiction, we're talking about, you know, entertainment, uh, things of that nature. And there's certainly that value that comes from an amazing story uh, about dragons or, 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 or other topics, but it is also an opportunity, especially what I'm seeing with uh, the Christian authors in our space and, and people like you is I want it to be more than that. I do want it to be entertaining. I do want you to be able to take an escape from your daily life, but I also want to deposit something that helps you navigate life a little bit better or, or see that you're not alone in the struggles that you're up against. And it's just really cool to see how God can accomplish that goal so many different ways. Yes, nonfiction is a vehicle to do that, but the, the characters can also be teaching tools in and of themselves. So that's really Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's power in a good story, particularly in the fact that something about it enables your defenses as a reader to drop because when you relate with the character and you understand that's exactly how I feel when I'm dealing with a situation like that, when you can put yourself in their shoes and relate with them, and then someone in the story speaks into their life with truth from the scripture or with a valuable piece of wisdom that they didn't see before, that speaks to you because you're in the character's shoes. And, and there's something about that that drops your defenses and enables you to humbly receive things better than if you have a nonfiction book in front of you that someone's just teaching you principles that are kind of dry and removed from your experience. And so that's kind of how I view fiction. I see it as a, a tool to 
help people get beyond their own barriers and their own defenses to be able to accept something from the word of God or from some other uh, source of wisdom that is uh, something maybe they wouldn't accept in another, another genre. Yeah. That is so powerful because you're right. Stories have a way of making an emotional connection that facts just can't, can't do. So it's something that's really important, whether you are a fiction author or a nonfiction author, that you really develop the craft of storytelling, not just information sharing, but storytelling is really, really powerful as you have illustrated. Now, I am curious about something because, you know, having spent all that time writing nonfiction, having the gift of teaching, all of those things, was this an easy process? I mean, I know YouTube was your friend and you're studying. Was it easy? Sometimes, sometimes when we're, when we're called to do something, it's like God gives us this amazing experience and everything just boom, 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 falls into place. And then sometimes there's an element of struggle and challenge. What was it like for you making that transition to fiction? I would say, I, I believe I have kind of a natural ability to tell stories. I mean, I was doing it with my kids and they enjoyed them. And so I knew that talent was there, but that's a lot different than writing a good story because we don't write like we talk yeah. and you can't write like you talk and expect it to be readable. It's just not going to work. <laughs> right. And so the discipline it took to first off, be self-critical about my writing. Mm. And as some famous author has said, I don't know who it was, you know, you, you have to learn how to kill your darlings, mm. meaning, meaning those sentences you think are so great, but really aren't moving your story along in an effective way. You have to be willing to kill those, just cut them out of the manuscript because they're not serving the story. And so to learn those skills was painful and was, was hard. And then to subject it to beta readers and, and my daughter is one of my best editors to come back and say, this doesn't make sense. Or the way you're trying to say this is awkward. You know, taking that criticism and being humble, that's a hard process as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to just learn, Hey, I don't see things objectively all the time. And I've got to be able to receive the input of others to make the story better. Cause that really is the goal. I want the story to be the very best it can be so that it affects other people, not just me. And mm -hmm. so my perspective is not the most important one. And so, you know, learning the craft of writing, I think was hard. And then learning all of the technical, how to format it for Kindle and how to format it for a print book and all that, you know, I did all that myself and my goodness, uh, the headaches that are involved in that. Um, it wasn't easy, but I definitely would say it was worth it. Mm -hmm. So looking back now, Carrie, you know, having these books under your belt, what would you do differently looking back? I think I would probably save up the money to hire a professional editor sooner. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would have shortcut a lot of the mistakes that I made. I mean, the first couple of editions of my first two Dragon Slayer books were fraught with typos and with grammatical stuff that was a mess just because I tried to self-edit and I tried to use beta readers as my editors, which is all helpful. Yeah. But things were still missed that a professional eye would have caught and, and helped me not present a kind of a glitchy for a product those first couple of rounds. I think that's probably the main thing I would have done. I probably also would have reached out for help in the formatting of the books and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I like that I know how to do it, but I don't like that I have to do it. So, <laughs> so I, I would much rather just let someone who's experienced it that do it for me. Yeah, that's, that's fair, right? Is, you know, 
we can do things, but just because we can do them doesn't mean that we should, you know, sometimes there's a better use of your time and your talents, you know, maybe there's something else that could make a bigger impact and someone else. It's also so interesting too, right, Carrie, that's something that would take me, I'll say for myself, I'm not, not going to use you as example. It could take me 10 hours to do something and someone else can do it in an hour because they're really good at it. And sometimes just realizing this is not my lane. This is not where I excel in it. The time savings, the frustration, whatever that I release by delegating this to someone else has a value as well. So that's really powerful. Absolutely. And that's not to say that if you're on a tight budget, you can't learn those things and do them yourself. Of course you can. That's, That's my main motivation. Why I didn't outsource those things at first is I was trying to save money. And so it can be done and you can do it and learn it and do it well. But man, if I could do it over again, I probably would have reevaluated that and figured out where to get the money from to do that. I got you. Got you. That's a really powerful learning. But you said that it was worth it. So let's talk a little bit about that. What are some of the benefits that you've been able to see, you know, doors that have been opened or testimonies that have come through your writing? Yeah, well, the fiction books in particular, um, I've had a number of people reply to me, not just with encouraging comments that they enjoy the book and can relate with the characters and those kind of things, which every author hopes for. But I've also had people tell me that it has really helped shape their view of the sovereignty of God in the difficult situations of life or how they were grieving over their father and some of the things the characters said uh, enabled them to kind of process that in a more healthy way. And those kinds of things are the things I live for as a teacher. I want to see life change happening in people. And so to know that that happened through my fiction, uh, that that's just very satisfying to me and very encouraging. As far as, you know, the more practical markers of success that people might point to, I haven't sold loads of copies. I haven't hit it big on some national publication and seen a spike in sales. I, I haven't seen any of that, but my hope is that as I, am now finished with the whole series and can start to promote more, there will be more of that because for me, it's not really about the book sales. It's about getting the message out and getting people interacting with the content so that their lives can be affected as well. And so it's my goal that that will happen. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've invested in a course that's going to help me learn how to market and all that stuff. But, you know, to, to date, my success has been pretty moderate, but I'm hoping for a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that God could do it. Uh, he is a master at turning situations around and exceeding our expectations. So we're going to stand with you that that happens. And especially since there's such a powerful message in these books. Now, I want to transition a little bit because as I shared with our listening audience, the way that I came across you was actually through your podcast. So talk to us about how God led you to start a podcast and what the focus of the podcast is. Well, when I was still pastoring back in 2013, 2012, somewhere around there, uh, I started a podcast of my own about Christian home and family sort of issues. And uh, it was flowing out of a background I had in radio. I was a, a DJ during college and during my high school years. And you know, just had an interest in the audio side of things already. So when podcasting came along and you could do recordings on your computer, it was kind of a no-brainer for me to just step into that and play around with it and see what I could do. Well, then when I realized a podcast is something you can publish yourself and you can you can do it and build your own audience, then then I jumped in. 
all of that experience introduced me really quickly to the pain points of podcasting, which is, you know, the <laughs> editing, the writing of notes, you know, all those kinds of things. And so learning all of that in turn led me to start a business that helps people with those things. Well, if you fast forward, it's, it's 2018. I had already stepped out of ministry uh, as a pastor and was looking for my next uh, assignment from the Lord. Uh, I'm starting this business. It's getting going. It's doing pretty well. And that teaching side of me and that, that part of me that loves scripture is kind of connecting with my own experience in that in that I've had my struggles throughout my life of not being consistent in the time of uh, that I have with the Lord every day, not doing my best to stay on track with Him, and and I was thinking out of the resources I am familiar with and the skills I've developed, how can I provide something that would be helpful to people in that regard? And what came to my mind was a daily devotional type of podcast, very short in duration. Uh, something people can do while they're putting on their makeup, while they're driving in their car, while they're on their way to something each day that will help them reset their mindset from that fleshly, natural mindset we typically wake up with back to a godly mindset that's conforming to the image of Christ more and more uh, as we go through, through life. And so I had this idea to start the Morning Mindset podcast. It was coming up on January 1st, 2018. I figured a lot of people would be starting New Year's resolutions. It'd be a great opportunity to, to put it out there. So we launched the first episode, January 1st, 2018. Uh, zero listeners that first day, uh, you know, starting out with anyway. By the end of the first day, and I didn't even publish it or publicize it rather. I just, I just put it up so that it would be in the directories. Well, the first day we had about 40 downloads. Within a week, we had 120. Within a month, we had 300. I, mean, it, I forget all the numbers. But by the end of the 12th month, that first year, it was clear this hit a need because the numbers just took off. And Tam, they've just, they've just exceeded my expectations far beyond what I thought. Um, and they continue to grow. And, mm -hmm. and from it, we've developed a worldwide community who listen to the Morning Mindset daily and who are supporting a nonprofit that we've developed out of the Morning Mindset. And it's just really blown my mind what God has done with this. You know, one of, I, I agree, I, I'm sitting here and that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to be here because it is a mind blowing testimony of God's faithfulness. You know, as you stepped out in obedience, not really knowing what was going to happen on, on so many different levels, you have seen God just take the seed that you started with and just multiply it. I you it, it sounds like you had no real idea what would happen with this podcast. It was just like, hey, maybe a little bit of a nudge like before of I should do something with this. I know that there is a need. And even just hearing you share that, hey, this is something that I struggled with too. And I know that sometimes one of the best ways to get yourself accountable is to create something that someone else is going to be right. able to check in on, right? So if I have to do this every week or do this every day, then it's going to force me because I don't want to let people down. I, I promised that I was going to do it. So it's almost a win-win, right? You're winning because it's keeping you consistent with your time with God, but then also people that are sharing that similar struggle, they have a vehicle to help them to stay focused. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate that. And that's a very astute observation. Um, as a pastor, I always took it very seriously 
what we're taught in James, that, that those who teach the word of God are held to a higher accountability because they have the influence to lead people astray or lead them correctly. And so I always took that very seriously as a pastor. Well, stepping out of the pastoral ministry, some of that pressure, if you want to call it, that was gone. Yeah. But this daily need to put together a podcast episode that will help people in their life required that I be a person of integrity and be doing it myself mm -hmm. so that I'm not teaching out of a vacuum. I'm rather teaching out of a maturity that's coming from my own time in the, in the word. And so I think you're exactly right. It's been a benefit to me just as much as to the audience. And it's been just a great blessing in so many ways. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, Carrie, it's, it's that same theme of teaching that's run throughout your entire, your storyline, that theme runs throughout, but look at all the different ways that God has used that. And I, I hope that that's an encouragement to someone that is listening that, you know, God gives us these gifts and talents, but he also allows us to express those gifts and talents in so many different ways. Some that we might expect and some that may be a total surprise. So we also have to remain open and not box got into, you know, I'm a teacher. So, I, you know, I teach, you know, Sunday school or, or Bible. So there may be a number of different ways that he uses that gift. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit more about um, the podcast and it's, you know, the, your vision for it now that it's been going for a few years. What do you see next? What, did, what are your hopes and your dreams for it? Well, it's interesting the juncture we're at with the podcast right now, I'm going to share numbers just to give some perspective. It's not to pat myself on the back because I'll be the first to admit I did not do this. I don't know how this happened other than God's hand being on it. But as I mentioned, we started out with zero listeners back in 2018. Here we are over four years later and every day, almost 120,000 downloads happen from the entire library. And then it happens again tomorrow. And then it happens again the next. It's just unfathomable to me where all this traffic is coming from and where people are finding the podcast. Well, we're at a point where this convergence of my writing skills and the podcast are kind of coming together. I just today put out a survey asking my audience, would it be helpful for you if we were to create a, a daily devotional kind of a guide that you could mm -hmm. use along with the episode mm -hmm. to help you dig more deeply into the scriptures that are being talked about? I'm asking questions in that survey about other resources, other workbooks, other things that we might be able to create just to see if there is a way that we could integrate these two skills that the Lord has given me. I don't know what's going to come of that, um, but I hope that it reveals some ways that we can begin to provide even more resources that would help our, our Christian brothers and sisters out there grow in their faith. My, my vision long-term is not really about the podcast. It's about God's kingdom advancing on the earth. And I want to see the church come to a place of, of repentance and a place of humility and a place of, of just seeking God's power and strength to move forward in this dark world so that the light overcomes the darkness. That's my goal. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's, that's where I want to see this podcast used and to be dri driving people toward. I don't know if that's what God's plan is fully, but I know that it's in alignment with his plans for history. And so I just hope to be a small part of what he's doing in the world. Amen. You know, it's, it's funny, as you were sharing that, my mind went back to some discussions that we've had recently as a community about making a global impact. 
And one of the things that I really appreciate about podcasting, and I'm curious your perspective, is that it does have the power to reach across the globe. You know, you can have listeners all over the place. So it, it doesn't limit us to making an impact in the U.S. Um, if the message resonates and we're adding value to people's lives, then they will tune in from anywhere. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, you've been doing this for a while now, what have you been able to see in terms of the, the diversity of the impact in terms of where different cultures, what does that look like for you? Yeah, well, our stats dashboard where we host our media files always gives us details on where the podcasts are being downloaded in the world. And so I can go on a map and I can look at the various places. We're not in every country. That's one of my many goals is to get into every country. And I'm asking listeners, if you know, I mean, I even ask specifically, if you know someone in this country or this country or this country, who's a Christian worker or a missionary or whatever, please share the podcast with them. Cause I want to reach the whole globe. Now, having said that, here's just something that's cur currently relevant for all of us that will illustrate what you're asking. I noticed on our map the other day, we have hundreds of listeners in Ukraine. We have hundreds of listeners in Russia. We, we have people who I have to believe are followers of Christ who are in the midst of this conflict and who are seeking strength daily from what we're providing. And I just praise God for that. And I, I try to be encouraging to those people when I think of it on the episodes, just to tell them you're not alone. We're praying for you here in America. We're, we're, we're with you in spirit and we want to be, uh, you know, uh, kind of united in our, in our desires to see this war come to an end quickly. You know, I do prayer episodes where I pray about those situations and people from all over the globe send in requests to be able to pray, uh, you know, with everyone else in the listening family for their needs. And, and so I see, people from all over the world. I mean, the Philippines, South Africa, uh, Japan, uh, Ukraine. I mean, people from everywhere send us emails and tell us their story. And it's, it's just so encouraging. It, it is encouraging, you know, just to, I was sitting here thinking about, I can't imagine how it must've felt, but it, it had to be um, just a blessing to realize, wow, you knowing what is as best as we can outside looking in, what is going on over there, that just being able to even envision someone tuning in, you know, to that podcast, whatever message you had on that day, and that that may have been the thing that helped them to keep going that day, to remain encouraged. That just really talks about the power of this platform, the podcasting, to be able to reach people, to impact them in such a, you know, it's, it's also a really fast way, right? I mean, when we write a book, <laughs> it takes a while to get that book, uh, you know, through the process that we've talked about. Um, and, and, you know, as you help others get their podcast started, sometimes it can look a little different for each individual, but there's power in being able to, you know, get, you know, get your tech set up, record an episode, and it can literally be there in a matter of minutes. <laughs> your message could be listened to by someone in a completely different country than you are, it, it really is really amazing when you really think about the vehicles that God has given us for ministry now that allow us to literally take the gospel around the globe. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is part of what scripture talks about in redeeming the time. We're, we're to take the things that come about because of our culture and our technology and all that, and we're to use them for God's sake. And so your example, I mean, I, I have systems down now where I follow a certain process, which, which makes everything streamlined, 
but I can record seven episodes of my podcast, which is a week's worth, seven minutes each within about an hour and a half and have them all scheduled and ready to go out. And you're right. The one for today, for example, could be in someone's hands across the globe or in their earbuds rather within minutes of publication. It's just a, an outstanding and amazing opportunity that we have. It, it really is. And I just pray that our listening audience is recognizing that, that there are so many ways that God can use the gifts and the talents that you've been given. So yes, the book is certainly one vehicle for that, but also be open to leveraging other platforms, other forms of media that can reach people that maybe in some instances your book may not. And so it, it's really, really an opportunity to to impact people in a, a, a different way. And I know you're now, you know, really stepping into and have been for a while, helping people to share their God-given story, their mission with, with others. Talk to us a little bit about your company. Like you, you are a man of many talents, that's for sure, about your company. And um, I believe that you're going to help our listening audience get started. If they have a podcast idea, there are some things that you have that can help them to get started. So talk to us a little bit about that, Carrie. Yeah, well, back in 2013, 14, when I stepped out of pastoral ministry, I was figuring out how I'm going to put bread on the table, honestly, and tried a couple of different things. In the meantime, I was working on audio for my podcast and helping a few people I'd met online to work on audio for their podcast. And one of those guys who was a brother in Christ said to me on a video call, just like we're having now, you should make a business out of this. And it was like this big light bulb that went off. And, and so I started looking into what does it take to build a business like this and et cetera, et cetera. And so long story short, here we are so many years later and we serve 50 clients a month and it's growing every month who we do their production, we do their, their editing, we do their writing, we post it to the media platforms for them, you know, all those kinds of things. Now I realize not everyone has the resources to hire a company like ours. And so for that reason, I've created a course that walks people through the very basics of number one, what is a podcast and how does it work? Because it, you need to understand that to understand your strategy going forward. And then from there, what's your next step? What's the next thing you need? What's the next thing? And so this course starts with what's a podcast, helps you develop an idea, helps you come up with a good title, helps you create artwork, helps you do all the little steps needed to have a published podcast by the end of the course. It's roughly 14 video modules. It includes downloadable sheets that you can check off the steps as you do them. And if you want to start a podcast and will commit to downloading those sheets and doing what the sheets say to do before you go into the next video, you will have your podcast live by the end of those 14 modules. I just guarantee it. There's, there's no way around it. Now, I would love to provide this course to your listeners absolutely free. It's, it's usually a, about a $99 cost that I, I charge just so people have skin in the game because you're usually a lot more motivated when you've invested something. But if your listeners would love to have that course, I will provide you with a link where they can go and have direct access to the course. They don't need to provide an email. They don't need to provide anything. They, they just need to click the link and go to the course. Wow. I, I'm sitting here just, just truly grateful. Uh, for coming across your podcast and for you accepting the invitation to be here, just your willingness to freely share something that you have, you know, put together based on your experiences, your skills, 
And now not only are we blessed by you sharing about your journey, but our audience, our listening audience and our community will be able to get started with this really with a gift from you. So thank you for uh, the gift. I just know that many people are going to take advantage of this opportunity. And my challenge to the listening audience is if you follow the link and access this amazing guy that Carrie has put together that you take action, right? Because a lot of times, you know, we get stuff. uh, I think we're all, I, I am a a download course junkie. It's really easy. Maybe I'm not the only one. It's really easy to sign up for stuff, right? But to not take action. But I think we have some great motivation based on what we've talked about today that there could be people that are literally waiting on you to take action so that your message can positively impact them. So let that be your motivation to not only access the link and and start reading, but to actually watch the videos. Um, I love that you have worksheets in there. Actually take the time to do the worksheet. Don't be a word that you used earlier, Carrie, discipline. Don't be in such a rush that you skip ahead and try to get, you know, go quickly, but potentially miss something that's really, really important for the success of the podcast and its impact. So thank you. Thank you for yeah. being willing to do that. You're so welcome, Tim. And if I could offer to the listeners as well, there, I'm sure there's many people listening who like the idea of a podcast or think about it in terms of, well, that would be really neat. But then right on the heels of that comes the thought, what would I talk about? Or, yeah. or what would I publish? Let me give you some framework to think of that. Uh, think that through. If your book, I mean, you're an author, you're in the group here. If your book is about post-traumatic stress disorder, for, for an example, uh, you don't have to be an expert in that in order to publish a podcast about that. You can be well-versed enough in the topic to know how to ask the right questions and then invite on expert guests who know the subject, yeah. invite on Christian therapists, invite on people who can speak to it and give help to the people you're trying to help through your book by answering the questions that you have. Uh, say that your book is about your journey through a time of grief. And it's your story of how God brought redemption. Well, you don't have to be an expert in grief in order to do that podcast. Same thing. You can invite on people who know about grief, who have gone through grief. You can invite on others who have grief stories to tell that can benefit your audience. You can even put together little stories and vignettes. I mean, you're an author. You can do this. You can write things about grief and about how others have processed grief and just read them directly onto the podcast episode. Now you'll have to learn how to read in a way that doesn't sound like you're reading, but (laughs) you can do it. You can do it. There's plenty of opportunities for you to take what prompted you to write your book in the first place and put it into an audio form. In fact, some authors are making audio versions of their books simply by reading the chapters and publishing them as podcasts. Mm -hmm. And then you might think, well, that stops the sales of my book because people are listening. No, you'd be amazed. People who listen to it want a hard copy a lot of times. And so they're going to be motivated then because they've tasted the goods to go and buy your book. So it's it's crazy how they feed each other, but it really can be done. So I encourage you, don't let that last question, what will I say or what will I podcast about, prohibit you from jumping in and just exploring the idea. I love that. You just, you just gave somebody a, a, a quick win even before they download the material is, hey, you don't have to have all the answers. You can just 
bring the answers to the people. Like the really the goal, the way I think of it, Carrie, and I'm sure you'll agree, is ultimately we're trying to help people solve problems. And we may be a part of that solution. And sometimes it's just bringing together the right resources and the right people (laughs) that can help solve the problem. And, And you've explained that so well is, you know, the, the people that you connect with being able to network and build relationships can help meet the needs of your audience without you having to be the person that, that has all of the answers. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. This, this has been uh, such such a blessing. I, I just know, you know, there, there are those that are encouraged by your journey as an author and the practical tips of wisdom that you gave. Um, others who are inspired, wow, maybe, maybe I can do this podcast thing. Maybe I should take action. And now you've taken an excuse away too, because (laughs) you're going to lay out for everybody. Okay. Here are the steps. Here's what you need to do to get started. It's a, it's a free gift to you. So just a a tremendous time that we've been able to, to spend together. I want to make sure that our listening audience is able to stay connected with you and to learn a little bit more about what you do. So first, let's talk about um, if they're interested in the books. Um, and I know that you're going to be putting some more time and energy into promoting them. Where can they get the books? And then if someone is interested in learning about your podcast, where can they go? Yeah, the best website to go to for both of those things is just my name. It's Carrie Green, C-A-R-E-Y green, just like the color.com. And there's a tab there at the top for books and the podcast is featured right on the main page. So you'll be able to find both those resources right there. Perfect. 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 Now, before you go, Carrie, I appreciate you being willing to dedicate your time. You know, many people that are listening to us are in the throes of the journey of taking this idea that God has given them and getting that message out. Some have already published some are working on their next, their next book. And some are trying to figure out what in the world do I do now? I've published the book, but maybe it's not having the impact that I thought it would have. You've been at this for a while um, in so many different ways. If you had to speak a word of encouragement to our listening audience, what was, what is the big thing that you would want them to know? Wow. Such a big question. Um, I think that what I would say is don't give up on the belief that God can and will use you, whether that's through your writing, through the conversations you have over coffee, whether it's in your own home as you raise your kids. It, there's all kinds of contexts, but you know, the book of Ephesians tells us we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's planned in advance for us to do. So I I look at that and I say, well, my day today involves all kinds of things. Conversation with Tam and her audience, a conversation with my wife later on. There's a a pastor friend I'm having a meeting with a bit later. All these things are good works God planned in advance for me to do. And if my day includes writing, that's part of that good work. If my day includes recording a podcast, that's part of those good works. And I just need to be confident that God's the one who put together the plan. I just need to step in and take action. Like you said earlier, Tam, I need to take action on the plan he's put before me. And as I do, he's faithful to do the work. He's the one at work in me to do and to will according to his good pleasure. And so 
I would just say, do not grow weary in doing good because in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.